Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, uh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. And I'm back. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert. Sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing and powered by the Hayes FM. You know, we've talked in the past about proxies and the problems with forging on proxies in condominiums. It was really interesting. A few days back, there was actually an article in the paper and it was titled, um, Set Up Online Voting. Very interesting article. And the reason was, is that, you know, if you really think of it, what they're saying is true. All of our financial transactions, personal transactions, all of them can be safely executed online. And, you know, today with modern technology, there is just so much, so much advancement in that world and cost effective as well. So the interesting part was, is that a 271 page report recommending that technology be embraced with respect to online voting is right around the corner. And it's something that we need our government to take a look at. And if you really think about it, if someone who lives in Ontario can safely execute all of their transactions, like anything to do with their, I mean, you can register a business online, you can can update your banking, you can transfer money, you can send email transfers. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do online. You can register for everything under the sun. You can pay for items through PayPal accounts. So why wouldn't the Ontario government implement an online voting system? The pilot project, okay, and they're thinking of it, you know, possibly by, I believe it was 2017. And, you know, the interesting part about it is, is that how would technology actually change this whole system? Well, it would make sure that there's no question as to whether or not anything's happening or, or whether there was any errors or, or if there was any problems in the background. And the interesting part about this is, is that... They had reports that showed that in 2011, election participants fell below 50%. And that was second, setting a record low. And why? Because people don't want to actually get up and go out and they don't want to go to the voting polls and they don't want to do it. But if they could be in the comfort of their own home and they could register themselves in with an identified code and they can then cast their vote just think about that, especially when we look at, I mean, I believe that uh, there was actually stats on what the age groups were of who tended to vote more. Was it the younger adult or was it the mid-range adult or whether the seniors? But the interesting part is, is that this just tells me that, you know, if we're below 50%, people aren't taking an initiative because either they're too caught up with time or they just aren't showing the interest, but online voting would be absolutely perfect. And maybe what it will do is make some really strong changes out there within our whole structure of government, because now we've got more participants who are actually showing a stronger, hey, I mean, we just had Canada Day. So, you know, if you think about it, you know, if we have that kind of system in place, 
I think what would be really important would be is that, you know, you'd have an awful lot more Canadians out there, people out there that are going to be casting their vote and making a decision of who the right government would be to run our province and our country. So certainly something to think of. Now, funny enough, if this kind of thing was implemented and you took a look at the pretty much the same type of system and you also implement it in the condo world, why can't you have online voting instead of proxies? Why can't you have online voting for board of directors? We've already identified that there's over 45% of many of the buildings now are investors and potentially, you know, a large portion of that are going to be out of country investors. So I think that, you know, if we can take that same kind of, I mean, if the government is now working on setting up online voting, why wouldn't the ministry now stop for a moment and take a look at online voting for condominiums when there's 1.3 million condo owners, 570,000 condo units out there, and it's growing nonstop. And there's always a question on governance and accountability. So if the government really wants to ensure that there's accountability and condominium owners are protected and that the uh, fiduciary responsibilities of the board of directors respect the Condo Act, bring on online voting, set up the exact same kind of system and make it accessible for every single condo owner in the province of Ontario And you can even go federally. You can go one step forward and bring it into Canada. Because I think that, you know, we've identified that there's condo issues in almost every single province. Vancouver has had them. Alberta has had them. Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec is in the midst of everything. And the East Coast, I mean, it's everywhere. So bring on online voting. And have all of the owners have the opportunity at the comfort of their home to vote for the directors that they want running their condo corporation. Definitely something to think about. They had a uh, reviews going on around the city and, you know, pretty much uh, Toronto has been under fire a lot because of Section 37 and the funds that should be used towards the residents in the neighborhood. And I know that we had Mike Yen, who's the founder and president of TEDRA, which is the Toronto Entertainment District Residents Association, to express his concerns about what's happening and how that whole Trinity Spadina area is becoming a condominium community haven as opposed to the entertainment district. But we've got a lot of changes that are happening pretty much all over the province. And recently I had noticed an article in the newspaper that even in the rural areas, There's complexes, condominium complexes that are being constructed and there's concern for the local neighborhood as to whether or not they're taking away heritage buildings in order for them to do it. There was also a lot of thoughts and talk about accessibility. And when you're looking at some of the rural areas, some of the seniors are moving there and and they're going into retirement communities and whatnot. And one big concern that they have is how Ontario is looking at accessibility because of the AODA and what exactly does it mean? You know, many things, there's a lot of barriers. There's a lot of uh, different rules and regulations with with respect to the AODA. And they have only really touched the surface right now because sometimes when people think of accessibility, 
they immediately think of a special needs person who could be confined to a wheelchair. But it's a lot much broader than that. There's all sorts of different types of barriers when it comes to accessibility. For instance, what if an elderly person who has limited upper body mobility and strength? Okay, what about for them if they don't have handrails in their bathroom, in their bathtub, or or maybe their doorknobs are difficult for them to open? I know my own mom. I mean, you know, before her passing, she had a really tough time opening the door. Her hands didn't have any more strength anymore. So, you know, to me, levers would be a lot more, a much stronger idea, better idea, especially if you're talking about senior residents. And then you can take a look at, you know, how about wheelchairs going through the hallway, the doorways, you know, there's building codes, things that need to be put in place in order to make sure that the building has accessibility. Now, why am I talking about that? Because condominiums do follow under the accessibility. And I know that most of the property management and also the um, board of directors had to go for some type of AODA training just so that they could understand a little bit more about what is required. Because, I mean, I see condominium buildings out there and they don't even have automatic door entrance. They don't have any kind of ramps. They don't have anything. Yet there is a guideline, there's a ruling out there, and they really need to step forward and start making sure that these things are covered because there is large fines in place for the lack of accessibility. Hearing impairments. What about safety concerns, you know, with fire alarms uh, for people that could potentially have hearing impairments, maybe, you know, older buildings that don't really have a good system in place, or maybe they don't have somebody on site to put out any types of warnings with with respect to, you know, fires or, or anything that could be happening in a building. So remember, contact coaontario.com. We have a wonderful website. If you're in Toronto, you can go coatoronto.com and let us hear your comments. We want to help. To Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, you have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. Oh. My computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, uh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com